Welcome to part two of my conversation with author, researcher, and a lead for over 20 years at the Harvard Negotiation Project. Her name is Sheila Heen. Sheila and her co-author have become experts on two interrelated areas, both of which make the average Jane or Joe break out in cold sweats, having difficult conversations and receiving feedback. During part one of our conversation, we had a very not difficult conversation about difficult conversations, and Sheila offered me some very good advice on contending with my neighbors at the Jersey Shore who waved their Trump signs proudly. Now we move on to feedback. The title of Sheila and Doug's book should get you at hello, especially if you are a nonprofit executive director and have ever engaged in an annual review process with your board. The book is titled, Thanks for the Feedback, The Science and Art of Receiving Feedback, parentheses, even when it is off base, unfair, poorly delivered, and frankly, when you're not in the mood, end parentheses. Are you laughing right out loud? I did. Volunteer boards of directors, not all but many, are notorious for botching annual reviews, if they even do them. And nonprofit executive directors, not all but many, are notorious for having pretty thin skin. So if there's a group of folks who could really use your advice, it would be my determined, world-changing listeners. Sheila, they need you. Greetings, and welcome to my podcast, Nonprofits Are Messy. I'm your host, Joan Gary. In my work, I offer counsel and advice to CEOs and boards of larger nonprofits. I'm a keynote speaker, an author of a best-selling book with a very novel name, Joan Gary's Guide to Nonprofit Leadership, and I'm a columnist for the Chronicle of Philanthropy. I'm also the co-founder of the Nonprofit Leadership Lab, an online membership site where we help small nonprofits thrive. But most of all, I consider myself a compassionate truth teller and a champion for board and staff leaders. In my podcast, I dig deep into the issues faced by nonprofit leaders. You can always count on getting my personal point of view, and you can count on experts who will share their expertise in fields ranging from fundraising to leadership transitions, to team building, to board management, to organizational strategy, to self-care. The list goes on. So welcome to Nonprofits Are Messy. Let's get started. Sheila Heen has been a lecturer on law at the Harvard Law School since 1995. If there's something to know about mediation and negotiation, Sheila Heen knows it. She has written two books. She's the co-author of the New York Times bestseller, Difficult Conversation, How to Discover What Matters Most. And her latest book is also with co-author Doug Stone, and it's called Thanks for the Feedback, The Science and Art of Receiving Feedback Well. That came out in 2014. She is the founder and CEO of Triad Consulting, a corporate education and consulting firm based in Cambridge. She serves clients both in the corporate and public sectors on six continents. She's a graduate of Occidental College and Harvard Law School, and her um, negotiation skills are finely tuned courtesy of her three children. Welcome back. Thank you so much. If you wrote a book about having difficult conversations, can you please tell me, why didn't you write a follow-up book on how to give feedback? Because that's actually typically at the top of most people's lists of the most difficult conversations. But you wrote one on how to receive feedback. I'm very confused, and I want you to unconfuse me. 
<laughs> well, so I think we were confused also. In other words, in the course of helping people with their toughest conversations, feedback conversations come up a lot, right? Like 100% of the time, because people all over the world struggle with these conversations. And I think for the first 10 years, we did do what you're suggesting and what I think everybody does, which is focus on how to give feedback more clearly and skillfully and often, right? And the the thing that we kept running into is that while that was helpful for sure, it wasn't totally solving the problem. In other words, we'd come back and talk to leaders and they'd say, yeah, we're still having trouble because although I'm being as skillful as I possibly can, the other person still is not hearing me and I'm not even sure it's worth it. I've given up. Um, so we were sort of puzzling over that when, when it was Doug really who suddenly said, well, hang on a second. What about in any exchange of feedback between giver and receiver, as we say, the, the receiver is actually the one who's in charge. Like they're, they're the ones who get to decide what they're going to let in and what sense they make of it and whether and how they choose to change. So although the giver may have authority, right? They're the executive director or they're the chair of the board or whatever. They're the boss. Um, you can't control what the other person, what the receiver decides to take in or the, they're going to walk away and tell a story about the conversation that just happened. And we suddenly thought, well, what's out there on the challenges of receiving feedback? from everybody in our lives, by the way, formal and informal, direct and indirect, um, because a lot of the feedback we get from other people about how we're impacting them and the world um, day in and day out is indirect, right? They don't return your phone call or right. they, <laughs> they say, sure, and then you notice nothing happens. Yeah. <laughs> so we thought, well, that's a really interesting question. What could we learn about the challenges of sort of taking in the feedback that's around us every day. And that's really what launched us on this path. Now, you're not suggesting that people um, should be let off the hook for being good at giving feedback. Definitely not. And in fact, I actually think if you, if it, I've come to believe that receiving feedback is a distinct leadership skill. Yeah. And if you get good at receiving feedback as a leader, eliciting it, asking for it, sorting out, having rich conversations about it, not only do you influence the culture because you're role modeling what you expect from everybody else and what you value in terms of continuous learning, but in addition, because you're a good receiver, you almost automatically become a better giver because you can anticipate somebody else's reaction to what you have to say. So in our experience, the quality of all of your feedback conversations goes up, whether you're a giver or receiver in any given moment. How interesting. Um, do you think that our inability to receive feedback well is because we just actually are, are pummeled with it day in and day out? And like we just actually, we can't stop hearing it. And so that you become you become numb to it or you're not actually able to differentiate what's valuable feedback, what's not valuable feedback. Like, like I just feel like you, you talk about this in the book and I think it's really interesting is it, it's just everywhere. How do you know what's valuable feedback? Yeah. And I, I also think that in any given moment when feedback is incoming, we're, we are deciding for ourselves, like, is this right or is this wrong? Is this good feedback? Is it true? Um, or is there something wrong with it? Because if there's something wrong with it, then I can safely set it aside and move on, right? Because there's just too much 
to do in our lives. Um, and by the way, the as a leader of a nonprofit, it's often the case that the world is telling you that you're not going to be able to make this work or these problems are too complex, right? The world is telling you, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, you're too ambitious. You've got too much vision. This isn't possible. You're not going to be able to raise that much money. You're not going to be able to reach out and um, engage those legislators or state house or constituents or stakeholders. Um, the problem's too big and complicated. And so there's this funny way in which as leaders of nonprofits, you almost have to be good at ignoring the feedback the world is giving you yeah. in some measure. Right. Because, right. <laughs> That's called vision. Right. Right. <laughs> I, I mean, I, 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 I do a lot of work where I help people um, kind of do their elevator pitch, like at a cocktail party. Mm-hmm. And I would say, I, I wouldn't suggest that you um, lead with your vision because mm-hmm. it can really, it, it, so for example, you know, you walk up to somebody at a cocktail party and you say, they say, well, what kind of work do you do? And uh, well, I work for blah, blah, blah organization. And we're looking, you know, our work is to end um, human slavery worldwide, right? And the most common response, when I say, what, what, what does that trigger in you? Most people say, good luck with that, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's feedback. Yeah. What are you, nuts? Right? Yeah, yeah, right? Absolutely. So, so, Even if they agree that your cause is worthy and just, you get feedback that, you know, how, how much of a dent can any of us make in this thing, which is, of course, what your life is about. And so I think your insight um, a couple minutes ago about it just being more complicated to sort through the feedback, to hear what might be valuable about it, and to set aside the rest, um, is the survival strategy to actually receive feedback well and learn from it. So your research has uh, unearthed a lot that helps us tease out why this whole thing about feedback is just really hard. Um, one of the things that really strikes me is that feedback is very, feels very judgmental. Mm-hmm. That people don't like to be judged. You're judging. Oddly enough, yes. you're, you're judging. <laughs> you're judging me. I've, I've heard that. I've heard that from yeah. my children. Um, <laughs> you suggest there are different kinds of feedback. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so we think about three different types of feedback. Oh, threes. Really, are there threes? We love threes. Yeah. Uh, And and they have really different purposes. And people actually need all three, but part of the trouble is that we get them mixed up. Um, So the first is appreciation. And appreciation just says, I see you, I get you, you matter around here. Um, Appreciation is a huge engine that keeps nonprofit organizations running, Right. It's the main, first of all, if you have volunteers, you're yep. paying them in the currency of appreciation. Yes. I see how hard you're working and everything you're doing for this organization and it matters to me. Someone notices. Um, and a shortage of appreciation actually is super common, but it gets in the way of us being able to hear or take in the second type of feedback, which is coaching. So coaching is really anything designed to help us get better be more effective, knowledgeable, have a better impact, whatever, be a better leader, et cetera. It's, it's the engine of change um, and learning in any organization. But if I feel underappreciated by you, we, we talked about sort of being a thin-skinned executive director. Yes. When someone sits us down to say, listen, we think you could be a better leader, the internal reaction is often like, are you 
are you serious? Like after I am killing myself, leading this organization, putting in a million hours, raising more money than you told me it was even possible. You have a few little tips and suggestions, like go away. You know, what's really interesting about this is that, so my, my primary consulting practice in my consulting practice, my primary um, arena is executive coaching. And people ask me, you know, do you, do you, coach anyone who wants to be coached. And I said, I have to actually have a conversation with them to really have a sense of whether or not they seem coachable to me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I've, I've all, I've, I've struggled with explaining what that means, but I think you just actually explained it for me. Thank you. Um, oh, which yeah, is, yeah. which is that they have to be able to, they have to be self, both a self-aware and they also have to be somebody who understands themselves to be quite good, who wants to be very, very, very good. Right. Who wants, who, who knows that I can always be better. Correct. And that the things that matter for me as a human being and as a leader are all things that are learnable and are a lifelong journey. Yeah, great. Great. So yeah. I've got appreciation. I've got coaching. Coaching. And There's then the three, third is, yeah, there, <laughs> we can both count. This is awesome. Thank <laughs> you reminding me. Um, so ACE, ACE is the easy way to remember them. ACE, E, evaluation. And this is the judgment part. Evaluation rates or ranks you. It assesses you yeah. against some set of expectations, right? Or standards or criteria. Um, how am I doing against those expectations? Are we on track? for what you were hoping I would accomplish here. And that is our sense of being judged. And what's tricky is that coaching and evaluation are actually quite different in terms of their purpose, but um, they're really easy to confuse. I mean, it's totally clear to me that what I offer my three children is a lot of incredibly helpful coaching for life. And I don't know why they constantly feel like I'm telling them they don't measure up. Right? (laughs) Or they're disappointing me. Uh So I think that the thinking about if we each need all three types of feedback, but we need different types at different kinds, Mm. what are we trying to accomplish in this conversation? And often separating them is useful. By the way, my um the the ACE framework is not something that we made up. It comes from um a book called Getting It Done by Roger Fisher, Alan Sharp, and John Richardson, my husband, who if I don't mention this, he's going to feel super unappreciated. And we don't want that. <laughs> for where it comes from. He's pointing at me from across the room. Um, so I think that the, from our point of view, it was such a brilliant insight into kind of how do I take charge of my own learning and change? I don't have to wait for the perfect mentor to come along. I can reach out and get, the, get feedback, the kind of feedback I feel like I need right now from the people around me. Um, and that that is actually a way to take charge and accelerate your learning. Okay. I feel like you're coaching me now. So, um, (laughs) no, 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 it's important. So, so I coach, you know, nonprofit CEOs and there are times when the board who has approved a budget that includes the money to pay me to be a coach is looking for some evaluative metric, Mm -hmm. right? How do I know Joan or, you know, Jim, Find out from Joan how it is we're going to know whether the investment paid off. Mm-hmm. And I bristle at this. Yes. I completely bristle at this. 
um, that, um, first of all, I have a singular view of, you know, if you're my client of you, Sheila, that, that the board is best able to evaluate whether or not the investment of professional development dollars had an impact. And, at this, and, and those are engagements that I often steer clear of because I don't believe that coaching and evaluation actually should go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And, and is, is that, is, am I right? Can you, can you give me some words of appreciation that I got something right? <laughs> well, you totally do. And those things live in tension with each other. They're, so they're an echo of two things that we've already talked about a little bit, actually. Um, one is that the, this is a mirror of the conversations that nonprofits often have with donors, where donors say, I'm going to give you this money. And I want something, I want to, I want and tickets. How, how are you going to show, well, how are you going to show yeah. that, that you actually accomplished something with it? Right. Right. Like human slavery still seems to be going on. So what are you guys up to? I gave you the money. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and so this is an, a mirror of that, which is, gosh, we're investing in something that we think is worthwhile, this coaching idea with you, Joan, but how are we going to know whether it actually is paying off? Um, and now I've forgotten my second point. Um, I think that it was probably that the coachee also will maybe want feedback about, am I getting better? Yes. And, and at the by things the way, we're working on. and I think yeah. that that's, and I, and I also actually, I, um, so coaching feedback often for me comes in the form of a question. How did you think yes. it went? Right. Yes. Right. Yes. I, I feel like it's my most powerful weapon is a question mark. Right. Not weapon, but tool. tool. And, yeah, right. Tool. Absolutely. Right. And so, um, yes, we can have that conversation as a coaching c- conversation. Did that help? Do you feel like you, you know, do you feel like you crushed that board meeting the way we talked about you wanting to? Right. Yeah. So it becomes self-evaluative. Yes. And I'll make just a couple more observations. One is that when you have that initial conversation with a potential coachee and you are judging whether they are coachable, (laughs) you are evaluating them on some set of metrics to say, is this going to make a difference and be worth my time as well as their time and money? For me, for me, it's all, honestly, for me, it's always about, am I using their donor dollars well? Exactly. I can't, I can't. Part of your reaction maybe to the question of like, what's the return on investment here and how will we know from the board is like, are you suggesting, this is an identity thing, that I'm wasting your money? Yeah. Because maybe. by the way, what, what I'm giving you is a bargain at any price. But, but certainly the question of, am I a good person who's spending your money wisely and being a good steward of those resources maybe gets triggered. Yeah. But there's one more thing maybe to pay attention to, which is, Presumably, part of the reason that you're coaching this director um, or board chair or whatever Mm -hmm. is that you want to make them more effective with the people that they're working with. Of course. So some of it may be self-evaluation, but some of it may also be asking the people around them, what do you see that is or isn't different? Yeah. And I, and and I, which I'm sure you do. Right. And so, so partly it's having a conversation this is a joint problem. How should we handle this? Because it's, it's a hard question to answer, although it's a legitimate question to ask. Fair enough. 
Um, so you use the word trigger. And I, I um, <laughs> because I do coach a lot of CEOs and because uh, boards uh, um, are not necessarily all particularly well-skilled at giving annual review feedback, mm-hmm. there are a lot of triggers for executive directors about getting annual reviews from their yeah. board. So here's some examples. Um, I can't believe I'm being evaluated by a volunteer Mm -hmm. who has some other day job. Mm -hmm. My volunteer board chair isn't in the work every day. He doesn't know. She doesn't know what it takes to do this job well. Yeah. Um, That if the evaluation does happen, it often happens. I I wrote here rushed. I want to say half-assed. (laughs) Um, uh, there are EDs whose feedback is in the hands of only the board chair and not a broader group. Um, or what if the reason I'm not crushing my job is because I actually have a very weak board chair, (laughs) right? So all of those things can come into play and I can get, and I'm very thin skinned, right? I'm a pleaser. And someone has said the one thing, like I've had people read to me their evaluations that I think are lovely. They've picked out the one little teeny weeny suggestion, right? (laughs) And they're devastated by it. And they're devastated and they perseverate about it. It's like, but, but look what they said. That's not true. Do you know yeah. how hard I work? Like, I don't yeah. get home till like eight o'clock at night. I check my email at 6.30 every morning. Do you know how many emails I got yesterday? Like, yes. all yes. of those things are true. And, right? And so in this situation, you actually do have feedback givers who are, um, who aren't, who are often not very good at it. And in the mind's yeah. eye of an executive director, often very ill-equipped to do the evaluation. Yes. Yes. And uh, and you also have a huge range of sensitivity to feedback. Right. Right. So some people are highly, highly sensitive. And by the way, negative feedback is always a bigger trigger than positive because that's just the way that we're wired to perceive threat and to react to it. You don't tend to have an, an appreciation emergency um, but you are going to have a, I feel judged and underappreciated emergency. Um, so part of what has been helpful for me is to realize that for us, as, when we're receiving feedback as human beings, we tend to have three kinds of triggered reactions and that, that those triggered reactions are normal, but they're also quite predictable. So noticing which ones we're having helps us locate where's the work that could be done. You don't have three triggers. Three, I have are... three triggers. Okay, go. What are I'm... they? <laughs> uh, the first is what we call a truth trigger. Is this feedback right or wrong? Do they have the facts straight? Is it good uh-huh. advice or bad advice? Is it fair? Mm-hmm. Um, it's all about evaluating the, the content of the feedback itself. The second is a relationship trigger. Mm-hmm. Who are you to tell me? Yeah. Right? Because feedback always lives in that relationship between giver and receiver. So, you know, you're a volunteer, you're not even here, you don't know. So that's partly a truth trigger, but it's also a you haven't earned, you're not on my yeah. feedback, approved feedback giver list. Which is a very short <laughs> list, by the way. Joan is on it and nobody else. Um, <laughs> definitely not you. So so that's what we call a relationship trigger. And then the last is, is an identity trigger, right? You can see the relationship here with different yes. conversations. But in this particular case, um, 
identity has to do with the story we tell about who we are and also with our particular sensitivity. So some people are highly sensitive. Others are actually under sensitive and don't realize people are even giving them feedback. So it's a surprise. People would say like, we've been, we've been, you know, giving you this feedback for years. And it's like, I don't remember that conversation at all. Um, And so partly it's understanding your own profile with feedback. So we're um, we're talking with Sheila Heen, who, along with her partner Douglas Stone, uh, wrote a book that I, I is yet another book you need to have on your bookshelf. This one is called "Thanks for the Feedback: The Science and Art of Receiving Feedback Well, Even When It's Off Base, Unfair, Poorly Delivered, and Frankly, You're Not in the Mood." Um, so you can see that this is a uh, Sheila is a an expert on negotiations and an author and has credentials up the wazoo. She also clearly has a sense of humor. Um, we just have time for a couple more questions. I was really struck by something. So high achievers really, really want to do a great job, right? Yeah. You don't decide to be the chair of a board, or you don't decide that you're going to apply to be the executive director of an organization that with a, a mission that matters so greatly and deeply to so many, unless you're a high achiever. And high achievers and maybe you'll uh, disagree with this, but I, I have I have come to understand that high achievers are high achievers because they want to learn and grow. They're very interested in that, right? They want to be really good. They don't, yeah. they, don't, they, don't, they don't accept the fact that they're as good as they're ever going to get. Mm-hmm. That's part one of an executive director. The other piece of an executive director is they want to be accepted and loved for who they are right now. Yes, that's <laughs> well, right. They need a lot of affirmation. I talk about the thin skin of an executive director. Those things feel like they're at odds with one another. How do I square those up for myself if I'm an executive director who really wants to learn and grow, but I really want to be accepted and loved for who I am right now? Yeah, um, well, executive directors, as this demonstrates, are like the rest of us right. <laughs> in the human race, right? And I do think that receiving feedback from the people in our lives sits right at that junction of those two core human needs. Wanting to learn and grow, right? Which we're hardwired for. The happiness research suggests that wanting to learn, grow, get better at things. It's why people listen to your podcast. Ah. Because it gives them insights, new insights into old challenges. And I thought ideas. they just needed to get their way through the elliptical routine. Well, <laughs> that is also true. That's why they're on the elliptical uh, Right, because they elliptical want to learn and grow. Routine, whatever it is. I, can, yeah. I don't do it, so I don't know what it's called. It's not elliptical. <laughs> it's, there's no routine you do on the, the elliptical. elliptical. Sounds, sounds like a balance yeah. beam with, you know, what, like Olympics or something. Right, exactly. So, so, I mean, according to that, we should welcome feedback always. Like, it should feel like a gift that people constantly tell us it is. But of course, it doesn't feel like a gift a lot of the time. And I think it's because we bump into that second core human need, which is being accepted and respected and appreciated and yep. loved yep. the way we are now. And I do think that high achievers, people who are driven, are hard on themselves and how we are now is supposed yeah. to be perfect. Right. So the hardest feedback conversations are often the, fee- the feedback conversations we're having with ourselves about the ways we're kicking ourselves for you know letting this drop or not handling this or seeing it coming or whatever it would be. um, So that part of what's hard is that these two things aren't going to go away. Yeah. And it just helps me understand my conflicted reactions to feedback sometimes. Like sometimes I actually do welcome it and other times it's like, yeah, thanks for the feedback. Go away. Screw you. 
Um, and then five years later, I look back and think they were probably right. Mm-hmm. And actually I learned something from it. So for me, and for, it's partly, how do I understand the pain of this learning process? And how do I get to the learning part a little bit faster? And part of the answer to that is, is to stop seeing feedback as either 100% right or 100% wrong. If I can find something wrong with it, I throw it all out. But instead to realize there's always gonna be something wrong with any feedback that you get. And the question is just, where is there something of value? Might be 10, 90% wrong. Right. That last 10% might be helpful to us. So asking two questions, number one, what's wrong with this feedback? That I'm already really good at. I've got a whole spreadsheet about it and we're going to go out <laughs> here to discuss and add to my spreadsheet of what's wrong with this feedback that I just got as an executive director um, or board chair. But when I'm ready, I need to ask those I trust around me, like yeah. you, Joan, as my coach and, and maybe others, my friends um, or family, is there anything that might be right about this feedback? Is there anything you think I should pay attention to that maybe I could learn from? Maybe that's my learning edge as a leader. The, um, the word you used that made me do a thumbs up here was the word might. Yeah. Um, my uh, eldest daughter, Scout, um, uh, talks about me having the power of might. Mm. Um, and, uh, she knows what you might want to think about blah, blah, blah. Me. She's 30 years old. It's like she got yeah. the, she got the yeah. memo. You might want to think about this, but in yeah. coaching, it's extremely, that's a, the question mark and the word might are very valuable. You yeah. might want to think about, you know, we had this conversation last week about X and then it came, this thing came up in your evaluation. You might want to think of, are there, do you think there might be a connection? Um, and you know, I just, when you just said that from Scout, I, at first, I thought you said the power of light. And to me, the question might is just shining a little, not even a flashlight, it might be a candle to, huh, that's interesting. I can kind of see it dimly. It actually it, does. It, it, gives you, it gives you permission. And so it's yeah. less judgmental and gives you some permission to be receptive to what, what's there. And it's also acknowledging that, you know what, a bunch of this is probably not applicable and you can set it aside, but there might be something that would be valuable. So in other words, um, I don't even like this person. I don't think they really get what it's like around here day to day or what we're doing and all the pressure that we're under and all the blood, sweat and tears I'm putting into this. Um, I don't want to be like them. So I'm not going to follow their advice. However, Maybe the thing they're pointing out is a bigger issue than I thought it was. Right. So I'll solve it in my own way, but it might be now on my radar screen in a way that it wasn't so visibly on my radar screen before as something for me to think about and solve my own way. And in that way, that's the five or 10%, which is they've raised something that actually I should pay a little bit more attention to. um, And that's what might be valuable about their feedback. So one of the things that I love about um, having these conversations on my podcast is I I get to introduce listeners to ideas and concepts that might actually generate a little bit of an aha moment for them. Mm. And I feel like this book is a is is just that. And we're about out of time. But the aha here is um, is that you can't control how you get feedback. You can only control how you receive it. Um, and, um, and that's a very compelling hypothesis for you 
as a listener to be thinking about today. You might want to pick up a copy of this book um, of Sheila and Doug's called Thanks for the Feedback, the Science and Art. And it is both a science and an art. And this is what Sheila and Doug and Bruce Patton, who's another co-author of hers, author of Getting to Yes, this is what they do for a living. They think about this stuff and they study it. And I can't think of two more practical and foundational leadership skills to get your arms around than how to have a difficult conversation and how to accept feedback with care and thought. Um, And um, so, Sheila, I just want to say, I think of my podcast as being about fueling and building leadership in the nonprofit sector and your insights and your conversation on both part one and part two of this podcast um, have allowed me to deliver that for my listeners, and I'm very grateful. Thank you. I love the work that you're doing and anything we can do to support the work you do to support all of the people doing amazing work in the world, I think is there's nothing more important. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, My pleasure. So that's it for us. Um, Thank you so much for joining us. Um, I hope you had a good workout. I hope you drove, got got to work on time and safely. And, um, and I hope you have a good day at the office. And I know that um, thinking about, your day at the office makes us feel better, more hopeful about the world because we know there are folks like you out there doing really, really important and really hard work. So thank you for that. And we'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening. And I hope you found the conversation to be valuable. If you enjoyed the podcast, remember to subscribe to it. And if you're feeling especially generous, leave us a review. Turns out that reviews really matter. They help people discover the podcast. And if there's anything in this episode or any episode that really struck you as an aha moment, we'd love to know. Shoot us an email at podcast at joangary.com. And if you'd like to learn more about nonprofit leadership, head on over to my website at joangary.com. That's J-O-A-N-G-A-R-R-Y.com. It's full of advice and resources that you can put into action right away. And make sure to enter your email address so I can send you a surprise I think you'll find helpful. And if I haven't said it lately, thank you. Thank you so much for the important work you do every day to make this world a better place. I'll see you next time.